Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 498, Mr. Samich. <sighs> Huzzah! Boy, you you okay? You seem a little uh, like Vegas maybe took a little something extra out of you this weekend. I'm, I'm a little tired. I, I got to tell you, the commute, it can be a little brutal back and forth. It's the the 5 a.m. or the 6.30 a.m. flight. You got to get to the airport at 5.30 on Saturday. And then it's the flight that gets in at midnight on Sunday. So it's two very, very long days. And uh, I may or may not have uh, had a little bit of craps action on Saturday night as well. And uh, maybe had a little bit later of a night because it, it ended up being a two and a half hour session, which usually a good sign in craps. <laughs> it, it at least means you had a lot to drink and had a good time for two and a half hours. If you if you can last two and a half hours without dipping into your bank more than once, I think that that's that that's the like that should be the goal. And then if you profit, then that's just awesome. And it was it was one of those sessions too where it, like the first roll very good up immediately. Then the next hour just grinds it all the way down. I'm down to my last fifty bucks, put twenty five on the four and ten, and end up the guy craps out with me having five hundred on the four and three hundred on the ten. Get all the way back up with my original stump, uh, entry and then some, and then just had a blast. Cause like, you feel like you're free rolling at that point. Cause you're like, you were done. And all of a sudden you're just back, baby. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad that you had a good time. Uh, I like playing craps the, the same reason I'm playing blackjack. Just sit there with, you know, play minimum bets for me. I just like sit there and have a good time. And it's, to me, it's a lot better than slot machines. I feel like I have a little bit more of an advantage when it's not the slots. Well, it, it, it's also like craps specifically and blackjack to a lesser degree. It's a group game, right? And so everyone at the table is yes. having a good time. I, I like if I'm winning, I'm tipping the dealers. So they're all about the whole thing, putting them on the pass line, all that jazz, picking numbers. Um, and it makes it more fun. And so, you know, it's just it's just a blast to be playing craps with a good group of people. And usually if you're sticking around that long, it generally means there aren't like just the immediate point seven out rolls, which get people away from the table. And so you have that same group of people that are all experiencing the highs and lows with you through the process, which is uh, one of my favorite parts about crafts. Well, if hopefully you were able to experience some of the Woodbine highs and lows with this weekend. Uh, some big races there, and we'll also talk about Churchill Downs, the first Derby and Oaks prep races of the year, and it's September, uh, well, it's September 16th when it happens. So yeah, that's normal. Uh, a lot to talk about. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up! All right, Mike, we'll start off with race six at Woodbine on uh, Saturday, September 16th. It started the, I guess, middle, late pick five, the the, the latter of the two pick fives that they had uh, at Woodbine. And tip of the cap to you, because this was an angle that you have found profitable multiple years at Woodbine on the big days. Dylan Davis, Christoph Clement, just, just singled it, right? Carson's run with an unbelievable last to first run here in the summer stakes to get the win in the Breeders' Cup, winning your end for the juvenile turf, Mike. He looked awesome. I mean, like the, the, you can see it right there in the comments. Reserved, angled 10 wide. It still just absolutely rolls to the front. Uh, really a never-in-doubt win once you saw him making the move on the outside there. I thought Dylan Davis rode him very well just to kind of keep him back on what was, you know, I would say a, a decent pace. It was honest, right? They went 24-24 essentially for the opening two quarters in this race and rolled right on by. I, I got to say, though, right when the race ended, the first thing I thought was, how good is Gallibrand if this is the effort we see from Carson yep. run here? 
because we were all high on Gallibrain going into the race where Carson's run ran second to him with anticipation at Saratoga. And then Carson run just flatters the crap out of that race by absolutely dominating this one. And with my boy Prince, who, you know, we talked about with some of the scratches we were expecting going to have a lot easier of a time up front and, and really, yeah, they, they, they were moving, but you know, pretty comfortable. Mm. I thought, and yeah, just got run down by Carson's run here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially the Natal mistakes, another one turned mile on the turf that we'll talk about after this. Uh, they went much quicker in that race. And and in this spot, you know, my boy Prince, he was coming off, of, I think, a three-week layoff. It was a, kind of a quick turnaround from having done the stakes. Now, when he broke his maiden, it was his second start, and it was about three weeks after he debuted when he finished second. But it's different when you're coming back in three weeks to face maidens versus you're coming back in three weeks to face grade one company and, and a horse and Carson's run with all the back class that he had. Um, as far as the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf goes, I would definitely be interested in, uh, you know, my boy Prince, I think, if he gets an inside uh, draw at Santa Anita uh, for the Juvenile Turf, and if there happens to be no issue with uh, like pace, if there's not a lot of sprinters, because we have the Juvenile Turf sprint is now a race again, so, um, you know, you could see the, some of the speed go there. Carson's run, I'm, I'm afraid to play him in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, Mike, because it's two turns instead of one, so he... Couldn't unleash it. Not nearly as long of a stretch as Woodbine has, but he's also, if he's coming from dead last in a field of 14 and you got a bunch of Euros in there, it just, it makes me nervous playing Carson's run, Mike. Yeah, I mean, you look, you look at that race, the with anticipation in Saratoga, they went 25-51-3, and that's why he was only three lengths off the lead versus where he was in this race where they go 24-24, and all of a sudden that's, you know, 15-length difference from 48 seconds to the half to 51 seconds to the half. So Carson's run a lot further back. I agree with you, Santa Anita, probably not the best course for Carson's run to try and get a W in the Breeders' Cup. But, you know, this was an impressive race. And if, if Gallibrand, I, I, again, we also have to understand what Euros are coming in. You always have to think about the Euros that are shipping in as well. But with Gallibrand, who I, I think should probably be one of the favorites in there, and Carson's run running second in that race and then improving off it, ah, uh, I mean, this this horse is at least a little interesting. I think a very good horse underneath in the exotics because you know you're going to get that run. Uh, it's going to be hard for Carson's run to win the race, though. Chris Mallow with a great question in the chat. You don't want to play Dylan Davis a 6-1 to one in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf? Listen, if the Breeders' Cup was back at Woodbine, I think we would play him, actually. I, hmm. What are the odds? Like, if I if I gave you minus 110 both ways that Dylan Davis rides him in the Breeders' Cup, would you take the yes or the no? Ooh, that's a good question. I would take the yes because it's Christophe Clement, but I get where you're going with this. It's, it's you know, if this was in the narrow circuit where they were going to be holding it, where Dylan Davis is based, you would absolutely, I think, say yes on that. But for him to give up, give up all those mounts and go to California for one race, he could. I think Clement would bring him because he's been the jockey on this horse from the get-go. See, I would I would take the no. I don't think Dylan Davis gets I, I think he gets taken off the horse, unfortunately, because he's done absolutely nothing wrong on Carson's run. But when you have the 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 colony of jockeys that will be at Santa Anita that weekend. And the fact that it is Christophe Clement, who I would say Dylan Davis is like the C or the D ride for Christophe Clement. He's the A ride when you ship up to Woodbine. He's the A ride when That's you true. ship in some other places. But when it's it's at in New York, he's probably the third or fourth choice for Christophe Clement. So I would be surprised unless Clement has two or three in the race if Dylan Davis stays on Carson's run. Chris Mello says it's either him or Joel. Uh, does Joel have a mount? He might with my boy Prince. I do want to, before we move on, I just want to give a, a quick shout out to Joel Rosario. I thought he rode this horse about as well as he could have. And if you look at the the way that, let's see, Western World pressed him early. He ends up finishing sixth, beating 13 lengths. Uh, 
the seven and the nine tried pressing or running with uh, my boy Prince early. They're eighth and ninth. Like they were never involved once they got around the turn. So a good look for my boy Prince. But yeah, I mean, if if it's not Davis, it's got to be Rosario, right? You would think it's Rosario. Look, I don't think my boy Prince goes to the Breeders' Cup. I think my boy Prince is a better horse on synthetic, and that was really one of the big issues here, that the distance and the synthetic hurt him. Uh, he's never run on a two-turn race before. Are you really going to send him to the Breeders' mm -hmm. Cup for a first-time two-turn horse when the when the buyer went down, what is it, 20 points almost, going from synthetic over to turf? I, to me, there's a lot of question marks with my boy Prince. I, I don't think you end up shipping him out there. Uh, Gary Barber and Mark Cassie, three of the five horses in the top five. <laughs> And none of them won. That's like, what are the prop odds on that one going to be? He gets three of the five, three horses in the top five, and none of them win. I thought I'd go with Gusto Ranwell. She was one of the two fillies in this race, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go with Gusto Ranwell. Arosa, really, the disappointment here, ends up running uh, second to last in this spot. Yeah. I, I think we both expected better things from her, especially since she stayed in this race, which, again, I, I mean, if you listen to the Magic Mike show on Thursday, I thought she was the one that was going to stay in. She does. Uh, I guess one of the two fillies that stays in, she does. But she runs poorly and i don't didn't really see an excuse either it seemed like she had a pretty good spot um and just didn't have the kick to go with the boys once they started running yeah she had a nice real trip and just couldn't capitalize once they came off the turn uh we'll move on to the race eight here on saturday uh this is the johnny walker and it's mistakes another grade one race is the british cup winning you're in for the juvenile phillies turf i wish there was a way to shorten that a little bit uh sheree devoe with she feels Whoa. pretty my goodness this was my favorite winner of the uh whole day whole weekend uh, and not just because she dominated by four and a quarter lengths. Look at how fast she ran yeah. and how badly she demolished these foes. I mean, she beat the piss out of Dazzling Star, who didn't have the perfect trip. But my God, she made Dazzling Star look like an American, not an Applebee Godolphin. Well, you look, they come home in sub 12 seconds, too. So phenomenal. <laughs> and final quarter or a 16th of a mile there as well. And this is one of those where... You know, we we pick these early, and, and you pick any pick five before you see what the actual race odds are. When this horse was around 10 to 1 with about two minutes to post, I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is this horse is going to run. Because it's Sherry DeVoe, who's 20 to 1 on the morning line, shipping in from mm -hmm. a race that, uh, from a, what was it, Ellis Park race, where the horse won but yeah. wasn't really all that impressive, and it kind of felt like a collapse. But you've got Velasquez who picks up the mount. It's a $10,000 sire fee on Caraconti. The horse sells for two hundred and forty k. It's just like, ah, oh, this this horse is going to run. And she ran. I, she looked phenomenal in this spot. I I am interested in her in the Breeders' Cup. It's, I would assume Velasquez is going to be there. DeVoe went right to Twitter afterwards, said this horse is 100% going to the Breeders' Cup. We'll see her in six weeks. So I, this one is I thought was really impressive. And this is one that I would respect moving forward as well, because this was this was a nice turn of foot, a nice kick. And she absolutely flew home. I mean, they went sub 24, the final quarter mentioned the sub 12 final 16th. I mean, this is a player. This is a runner. When I was doing the replay uh, analysis for YouTube.com slash racing dudes, she got to about the three sixteenths eight pole. And I just started talking about why I had liked her to win this race. Cause she, I could see that she was going to win and just was like, you see her long legs, like those chestnut legs are just, she's just extending and it just, Oh, every step she was getting farther away. Such a beautiful, uh, beautiful Philly. Now the, it wasn't a, a, an overly impressive race that she won at Alice park. It was only by a neck, but she did beat some good horses in there. I believe there was a, the Chad Brown horse, uh, uh, I got to pull up my notes because I, I lost the, the thought in my head. Uh, yeah, three horses from that race won their next starts, including the runner-up. Um, 
And the runner-up in that Ellis Park uh, maiden race for She Feels Pretty was a 3-to-1 favorite who was loose on the lead. So the fact that she was able to reel that horse in, go get him, that's also a great sign like you're talking about for the Breeders' Cup. So again, it's too hard for these turf races, uh, especially the juvenile races, Mike, for us to say, hey, this is who I really like. Uh, but, you know, this is one that I think we really like right now. She's a player, and, and it'll be interesting to see what her odds are. She wins the debut at seven to one, wins here at eight to one. Uh, the question is going to be, what what price do we get on Breeders' Cup Day? Is it going to be, you know, morning line fifteen, bet down to seven? Is it going to be morning line eight, bet down to five? Uh, like I, the price for her is going to be really, really interesting. But you got to love the fact that she was broke from the ten post here and was able to still do what she did with well, again a, a good trip, but not like oh my god, what a fantastic trip here. I mean, she had a little bit of trouble early. She had to go wide and around the far turn, and and you know Woodbine is a forgiving track in that sense, especially with the one turn where you're able able to make these big moves down the long stretch and you have that that sweeping turn so you don't get caught as much on when you do go wide but I, whew, still very very impressive here from she feels pretty Rob says i bet this one devoe's winning everywhere yeah she's uh it, it's nice to see that she's getting these these grade one style horses because a couple years ago when she first really was blowing up on her own we said like this is give her a couple of years when she gets the quality of horse that she had when she was Chad Brown's top assistant for so many years. Look out because she's uh, phenomenal. So great to see that. Yeah, but 20, I'm with you. I'm worried about the odds here. Twenty <laughs> percent for the year now for Sherry Devoe off 211 starters. And when you look at where she's starting horses, that's pretty darn good considering the crop that she's getting. Uh, and this was her first Grade One victory. So congratulations to to break the Grade One Sherry there. Oh, that's right. It would have been yeah. I didn't even think about, uh, I completely forgot about that one. Uh, of course, there are no odds right now for the uh, the Juvenile Phillies turf. I was looking to see if anybody had anything posted. I was just curious to see what she was going to go uh, go off as. I'll see if there's anything overseas yet. Well, Mike, take that... a look at that. Pull it up. Uh, go ahead. I know there were futures up. There are futures up for a lot of the Breeders' Cup races right now. So they have Turf Sprint, okay. Dirt Mile, Philly Mare Turf. Sprint, Smile, Distaff, Turf, Classic. So none of the two-year-old stuff yet. None of the two-year-old. That makes sense. It's too. It's way too up in the air with who is even running. Uh, Dr. Tang says, I like Sher uh, Sherry DeVoe over Linda Rice any day. I think that's everybody. Other than Saratoga Slim. I think Saratoga I mean, Slim's still on. Yeah, I would, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, let's move on. Race 9. This was the uh, future race of the day. A Breeders' Cup winning for the mile. It was the Woodbine Mile. Grade 1, Master of the Seas. 2-5 to five favorite for Charlie Appleby and the Godolphin. Homebred. It's just, my goodness. Th th this race was never in doubt once William Buick gave him the, the green light, was it, Mike? <laughs> Pretty impressive considering Master of the Seas didn't break. And they didn't go all that fast early for a mile race. They came home very quickly. Again, sub-12 in the final 2-16th, sub-24 for the final quarter. And Master of the Seas went from last to first here. And was just kind of dawdling behind what I thought, again, wasn't a very fast pace. I thought War Bomber actually had a decent shot around the far turn. If he could extend, he couldn't. Master of the Seas kept going right on by. Cheryl Spite, I thought, ran a pretty good race considering how late he got going. Because uh, he he really waited to get it, get it moving and ended up running up into second here. Lucky score ran pretty well. But this one, and like you said, never in doubt. I mean, Master of the Seas, clearly the, the class of this field, absolutely gobbled them up once they turned for home. Uh, and we'll see where this one goes. I mean, I would assume Breeders' Cup here, um, but we've seen the Appleby move where he sends them over, sends horses to Woodbine and then does not send them on to the Breeders' Cup. So we'll see, we'll see what Master of the Seas does. But I loved the, the North American turf. I'll tell you that. I mean, Master of the Seas absolutely flew home once he got, uh, got it in gear. Uh, 
I am curious to see what he'll do too. I, I would assume he'll come back to the Breeders' Cup mile. We saw how he did with Modern Games, won the Woodbine mile, and then came here. Uh, but I, yeah, it's, this is a tough one because he's kind of, uh, at least he's been lightly raced. Like he had a, f- a few races at Maidan where he didn't look that great. And then he took a lot of time off. And then he raced once at a- Ascot and had that group two win. And that's what made Appleby go, okay, this could be a really good miler for me. Sends him to Woodbine. Um, it's just hard based off of those two races, especially this one at Woodbine when, let's be honest, he beat five Woodbine horses, three of them, Gary Barber, Mark Cassie. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to use this as a great data point to say why he should win the mile. Yeah, it is. The one thing I would note is maybe this horse just wants firm turf. Uh, a lot of the races overseas, you see a lot softer turf. And then when you look through his form, he's got the, the good firm in a couple of these races. And those he's either won or run second in. And all of those are great group one or group two overseas. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if this is one of those European horses that just wants a little bit less given the ground and hundred percent got that at Woodbine and, and looked phenomenal over it. That would be a positive sign for going to Santa Anita where you're going to have a very firm turf compared to what you see over in Europe. Yeah. Chris Mel says turf miles a mess. I agree. We still got, luckily we still, with this race, we still have six, seven weeks before we need to make a pick. We'll cross the creed and move along. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's a decision you can make. Uh, we did have Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks prep races for 2024 over the weekend at Churchill Downs. Crazy. We're not even done with it. Like we're still like in the middle of Breeders' Cup season, and Churchill's like, "Hey, what about next May?" Uh, okay, yeah. fine. Nobody died in this race, so we're happy about that. Vivi's Dream wins the Grade Three Pocahontas Stakes by almost nine lengths. The rare Kenny McPeak favorite that wins a graded stakes race. I was surprised by this one, Mike. I was too, but really benefited from the pace here. You see, they go 22.3 out for the first quarter of a mile. We talked about the fast come home times. We're not going to talk about that in these two ranges of Churchill. Let me tell you, Uh, note the final time, 136.45. That'll be relevant in a little bit. Trust me. Um, (laughs) Look, again, the pace setup was beautiful here. Vivi's Dream was able to sit behind a couple leaders that uh, just going way too fast. You can see Vivi's Dream, the only one who really closed. So sitting fourth after a quarter of a mile. Second, third, and fourth were in second, first, and third after a quarter of a mile. So the last two horses didn't really do much here. It was really those four that ran. And once Vivi's Dream kind of kicked it in gear, it was just over. I mean, this was a dominant performance. It's it's tough because I like I like the fact that these aren't mile and a sixteen two turn races because it's it's tough to do a mile and a sixteen two turns for a two year old right now. I kind of wonder what would have happened if this was a mile and a 16 two-turn race at the same time. There's zero chance to go 45.55 seconds to the half if that happens. And that may have changed the outcome a little bit because what you saw was the three leaders who were dueling get absolutely left in Vivi's dreams dust once she turned for home and was able to kind of just walk on by because she wasn't exactly flying. Uh, she wasn't stumbling home. Again, remember that word. Uh, but... <laughs> She ran well enough here, but this to me is just a heavy fade when we get to Santa Anita because it perfect setup. The horse ran well, but was not overly impressive from a time perspective. I, I just I, I can't take too much out of this. And the horses behind Vivi's dream, I mean, they're not world beaters, man. There's a reason McPeak was was one point uh, or six to five in this spot. It's because it wasn't a ton in this race. And so I for me, this is just one of those spots where I'm not going to take too much from this, and I'm going to hope people take a lot of it and decide to to bet Vivi's dream off it. Well, you know they will because she got the ship that I for this race too, right? Uh, I this I just didn't. There was a lot I didn't like about this, but I also didn't. You know, you had three fillies all scratch out of the race. Yeah. I would have been curious to see what Raining Sugar could have done. Um, I think it affected the pace a little. Although 
I don't know how it would have affected the pace in a in a positive way if some of the sources stayed yeah, in. They were flying. I'm with you. Here. Yeah, I'm with you. I I'm gonna pass on everything out of here. This one I didn't really have a strong opinion in this race, like I did the next one we'll talk about. Out of this, I nah, there wasn't really anything here. Uh, Chris Mallon says Pratt's ride on the nine hot beach, who kind of set the pace with the seven, was criminal. Do you agree with that? Um, I don't want to say criminal. I mean, because the horse sat off the pace the last time at Ellis and was not able to get home. Uh, it was a stumbled start. You knew the horse had a ton of pace. One broke with the maiden over Churchill going five furlongs. I mean, you would have liked Pratt to back off a little bit um versus try and stay right there and, and clearly had the most finish of any of the horses that were on the lead it was second like i said at the, the quarter mile point ends up running second and being able to beat the other two horses one that was in front one that was right behind so i, I wouldn't go as far as saying criminal because we knew this was going to be a fast horse um and also had the inside speed as well so the six the seven eight nine were the three that went out and the seven was technically the inside horse in that spot um so i i don't hate the idea of it but I don't know. I mean, it's a tough, tough race. Well, that race was fast compared to the Grade Three Iroquois Stakes, which was uh, two races later at Churchill Downs. Another one-mile race. This one, a prep for the Derby. It's so freaking early to be. I mean, we're what? We're eight months away from the races, almost seven and a half months. So we're not going to talk about these horses in terms of Derby and Oaks. We're thinking Breeders' Cup still with these horses. But West Saratoga gets the job done for Larry Demerit, Demeriti, Demerite. I'm not. I didn't even know who this trainer was. I couldn't pronounce his name. But West Saratoga gets the job done with a uh, 12 and a half to 1 upset. This was bad, right? I can't find anything nice to say about this race other than, hey, a small-time connection in Kentucky Derby prep race. That That is good. Yeah, there you go. That's way to find the positive. Um, I was just bummed from the start. I mean, I like the seven horse who ends up getting scratched out of this race and I think would have had a pretty good shot. Yeah, we saw here. Gettysburg address was 12 to one on the morning line. Son of Constitution. I'll be interested to see where he shows up for Brad Cox next time out. I, yeah, I mean, just look at the time. They, they're almost what? Nearly a second slower than the girls two races before. Uh, this was not good. I risk it looked good or looked OK, but not able to finish the job. You look at like Seize the Gray, another horse. I think a lot of people are interested. Didn't run very well. I thought Pioneering Spirit had a or Patriot Spirit had a shot. That horse just runs off early and has absolutely nothing late. And this is just one of those races where they go twenty two point two six or twenty two point three seven forty four point six three, and then they just stumble home from there. And really, everyone was. And West Saratoga was stumbling the least, and that was the reason that West Saratoga is able to get the win. But this is like, you just look at the times. And if we're, we're going to throw out the Phillies uh, and they're almost a second slower for the boys, how can you back the boys in this spot, right? Yeah, there was nothing. I mean, I, I agree with what Chris said. I'm not mad at risk it. I'm disappointed. I needed to see somebody succeed and be awesome out of this to give me some excitement for, if not even the Breeders' Cup, say the Kentucky Jockey Club in, you know, in a few months. But there's, I mean, I'm looking through this field. The only thing that would have made this better is if Market Street had won. Did you see what happened uh, with the website? <laughs> what no. I did, I should say. Yeah, oh. my idiot butt for five races within you know the short span that they were couldn't handle it. And I put all over the channel, the website, the socials that Market Street won this race. <laughs> oh no, Market Street crossed the finish line. <laughs> I, I believe it's a stopped is what uh, what we got uh, there. The comments. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're not first, you're last. Yeah, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, if you flip the order, you were right. <laughs> yeah, um, 
I, you know, Seize the Grey I thought would be an interesting one for Dwayne Lucas. Now, he did only finish two necks behind second, so there is that, but he was off the board. Um, he Seize the Grey feels like that kind of Lucas horse that we're going to see, let's see, it's September 18th. Over under three more starts for Seize the Grey before uh, the year ends. Over. I mean, there's three more months, right? It's two and a half months. There's no way this horse doesn't run that many. Right? Yeah, with three and a half months, yeah. over three starts, easily. I mean, this is this horse is probably going to get drafted in like the 45th to 50th spot in the draft because you're just going to get see the horse get run in 10 prep races going up to the, the, the derby. I forget who it was. We actually found that horse, and he actually did run a lot. He didn't do jack shit all year, but we did find a Lucas horse that we almost drafted. Shadi, you can, you guys, uh, you and Davey can, you guys can take uh, seize the gray with your fifth round pick. There you, know, you go. There you go. That'll be that'll be your play there. Any final thoughts on the Iroquois? Other than these are a bunch of slow horses that probably should have run at Charlestown. Uh, bet against them all. That would be my yeah. like. This is just. This was a bad race, and they went way too fast. And so I guess if you want to come back with Patriot Spirit and Patriot Spirit Sprints, and we're going like six furlongs versus the mile, okay. I mean, I can get behind that. Maybe if Risk It shortens up a little bit, I can get behind that. I don't want any of these horses going two turns based on what we saw. Shadi says, David, we've been exposed. We have a leak. <laughs> we've figured out their uh, their draft uh, system. Um, second sorry second greatest stakes win for trainer larry demeridi i'm um, apologize if i said his name wrong uh but he did have a horse named memorial maniac win a grade three race uh at some point it was called the let's see about stars and stripes turf stakes at the old arlington park you remember the old stars and stripes stakes? i do remember yeah that was a good time uh before we get out of here question from chris maiello risk it and sees the gray are added to the list of saratoga maidens that haven't ran back to the maiden numbers do we need to start being skeptical about the summer figs no, I, I think that what you need to be skeptical of is that it's really hard to run back to that when you're stretching out in these type of races. And so you got to look at the distance as well. I mean, if you look back at at the race, which sees the gray run, there's two next out winners. Global Perspective next out jumps from a 69 buyer to a 76 buyer for Chad Brown. Uh, and then Private Desire, who ran fourth in that race, got a 68 buyer that day, jumps back and runs an A94 winning at Backwaduck the other day at four to one. So a huge move forward there for Private Desire out of this race. The one thing I would say is Seize the Gray won over a sloppy track. And we've we've long been skeptical of sloppy track buyers, uh, especially for two-year-olds or first-time starters that are three-year-olds next time out. That, to me, is something that you do need to be very aware of, especially when you're jumping up into stakes company. I'm glad you brought up... Uh private desire because they're thinking about champagne stakes straight off of that uh maiden win and something that i had mentioned before about when archangelo won the traverse stakes afterwards we talked about like what castellano's doing this without the big mounts from brown from pletcher like he's doing all these little barns it seems like as soon as he won the traverse he's been riding for pletcher <laughs> every time i look in this case he rode uh privacy uh private desire both starts for pletcher yeah, he's getting brown and Pletcher mounts. He's got some brown turf mounts recently as well. And, They're starting you know, to come around on him again, aren't they? <laughs> well, I mean, he he changed agents. I think it was two years ago, and we saw a drastic yep. win percentage improvement. And and I mean, look, he's got some horses, and he's putting the horses in very very good positions to win. If they run, they run well for him, and they're in the right spot. So that's really what you're looking for from a jockey is do they consistently give your horse a chance to win if the horse fires? Because the worst possible thing that can happen is you spend all this time getting these horses ready. And they fire, and you waste it because the jockey isn't in the right spot for them to be able to get the W. <clears throat> Joe Rosario. Oh, what was that? Uh, Shadi wants to know where his practical move starting. He's had uh, several steady works here dating back to August at Del Mar and then now at Santa Anita. Um, if 
Tim Yakteen's goal is the Dirt Mile, which I think could be really good for him. Uh, he loves Santa Anita. Uh, what? Breeders' Cup Sprint Championship? That be that's that's this coming weekend. That might work. He just gets a six furlongs just to spr spruce him up, and then because it's either that or awesome again. Yeah, um, I'd rather see him in the sprint than the awesome again. Don't love practical move. I'm trying to get a mile and a quarter, um, but. We'll see. We'll see where they end up putting him. Obviously, bigger purse in the awesome again. It's also a British Cup winning you're in uh, for the classic, I believe. So uh, I could see yep. why you'd want to do that. It's $300,000 for the awesome again. Uh, the sprint championship, $200,000. Yeah, I, I like the six furlongs better for practical move. I, I had questions about the mile and the quarter in the derby for practical move. Uh, but we know he loves Santa Anita, too. So I, I could see the argument for why you want to run him there against the big boys. Uh, and I don't expect that field to be a bunch of world beaters either. Do you? No, it'll be uh, it'll be my boy Dr. Scheibel. Um Brickyard Ride and Chosen Vron if he decides to show up. <laughs> so yeah, I mean some sprinters, but maybe Anarchist will be back there. I mean Yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're the California CZ Rocket and, because it's Peter yeah. Miller. They'll probably get 10 horses. It's just that three of them are, are good and the rest are kind of blah. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. The awesome, again, I don't expect to be a massive field either. So I, I think you could make an argument. You could really try and go both. And if the awesome, again, draws no speed, maybe that's a positive for practical move. It'll be his first start wherever he does make his start. We haven't seen him since he won the, he hasn't raced since the San Diego Derby on April 8th. So it'll be, what is that? Five and a half months, almost six months with no race action. And then five months almost without any you know, he was aiming up for the Kentucky Derby and just got sick. So he was about to run in it. But still, yep. um, a lot of time for him to come. I I don't know. I looked at the, the condition book for Santa Anita. And as far as stakes goes, the only two things that fit him because of how often he's won, he's not allowance capable anymore for wins. So it's got to be probably the, the sprint championship are awesome again. And personally, off of that long of a break, if your goal is the dirt mile, I would try and do six furlongs and get him prepped up for that one but uh we did have a question from nick sievers we talked about this right before we went live annual trip back to parks on thursday for the next magic mike show hard no nope hard no, no nick no. Hard no. <laughs> we, we did that uh, the last two years and i think like two races in we we're both pissed we talked about parks at all uh if you look at the fields i mean they're not exactly they're they're some full fields but man do i not want to bet those races based on who's in there uh the pennsylvania derby i think it's 11 I assume reincarnate's going to scratch because he drew the 11 post, and we've seen Bob Baffert do that in a couple <laughs> places recently. So uh, I'd assume he's going to be out of there. It, it feels like Saudi Crown should win that race by 15 lengths if Parks plays like Parks usually does, and reincarnate's not in it. Oh, uh, that was a good reincarnate joke. By the way, Faza scratched out of the whatever the the Tory Pines because she had post nine. Uh, later on, Baffert won from post nine with the horse. Um, and then also, Faza hasn't worked since then. I think Faza's Dunsey. <laughs> I think we've seen the last of Faza. Um, all right, I we're gonna do Santa Anita. Yes, they will have more five horse races. Well. <laughs> More than five. I see what Charles, Charles had a miss right there. You're trying to make it a positive. <laughs> Santa Anita got more five horses. More than five horses each race this year is what Charles meant. Sorry, Charles. I also was having a brain fart. It was not that hard to understand. Um, they will up until up through the Breeders' Cup winning urine races. And as soon as that ends, we're going to have a bunch of five horse fields and cowbreds. And then suddenly it's Breeders' Cup week and it's going to be all full again. So that's how it goes. Yeah. So we'll, we're, we're right now. The plan is Santa Anita with the possible about face to take aqueduct if the Santa Anita 
fields are not very big. I think we're both expecting them to be decent and be competitive races. If they are not big or not competitive, we'll probably do Aqueduct instead. But yeah, that's one of the reasons, Chris, that uh, when a 99 to one shot wins a turf sprint and then does not win that race eight months later because of a drug failure, it makes you a lot less interested in going back and playing parks again. Yeah, well, that and you see how many times Jamie Ness is in the entry box on that day and in those races. I'm like, no, I'm good. I got to waste yeah. a bunch of money guessing whether or not that that horse has been properly juiced up this race. It's yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll either do Aqueduct or Santa Anita on Thursday, depending on the field sizes. Santa Anita gets the preference. Aqueduct comes in second. Gary, Cal- Gary Caloroso, who's going to be at the Breeders' Cup? I'll be there. Well, Mike and I live in Southern California. So it would be a very hard for us to explain how we couldn't make it to Reader's Cup. Dr. Tang, I assume, will be there uh, for the same reason Mike is, which is not to see the races, but to be in the BCBC. And uh, I would assume Aaron and Jared will be here. Shotty's 50-50 right now. Um, probably not Dr. Miranda. Uh, she's getting married in December. Uh, I think they're saving up for that. And I know she yeah. went to Saratoga a couple times, so she's probably not going to make it to Breeders' Cup. But Mike, Aaron, Jared, Dr. Tang, no. and I will be there. I will give Dr. Miranda a tip of the cap if she leaves the husband home with the baby and goes to the Breeders' Cup. I would love to see it. That, yeah, (laughs) we'd have a lot of fun. Uh, Cool, yeah. By the way, to Gary and to everybody else who's going to be there, if you're going to be at Breeders' Cup or anytime we're at the track, let us know. We'd love to hang out with you. Come say hi to have some drinks. It's all a good time. Uh, Shoot the shit. It's listen, it was a shorter show, but we didn't have that much to talk about. I thought we did a good job. Do you have any final thoughts, any football thoughts, anything at all that you want to talk about? Open forum time. Uh, we got two Monday night games. I'm really angry at the fact that they did not space them out more. Someone needs to explain to me why they think it's a good idea to have one football game start at 4.30 and the other football game start at 5.30 on networks what? owned by the same company. Like, why Why aren't we starting one at 4 and one at 7? Who possibly thought this was a good idea? Um, anyway, you've got two Monday Night Football games. I like I like uh, the Saints minus three. I like the under in that game as well. You can get it at 40 right now. I like Pittsburgh plus the two and a half against Cleveland at home, uh, but not as much as I like the other two bets. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely illogical why ABC and ESPN both need a football game on an hour apart in the start time. (laughs) Pisses me off. I can't, I'd like you. It's hard to watch. You can't, it's almost impossible to watch both games as closely as I would like to watch both games. And like, I mean, neither is great. I mean, honestly, the Saints Panthers game could be pretty boring, but actually both could be pretty boring. They both had like high thirties at one point this week. So we'll see what happens but yeah i don't love the fact that uh that we've got two games going on at the same time on a standalone monday night oh shoot almost i caught myself we're a week we're a week off santa anita's not this weekend it's the weekend after oh no so here's what we can do we can do backwaduct which has a grade three we can do churchill which has four races for three-year-olds or we can do parks. Um, we, here's the thing. We, we could do Remington. Remington is already drawn for Sunday. They're already out. We've got the Oklahoma Derby, the Remington Park Oaks. We would make a lot of people in this chat happy. All right, let's do Remington. Yeah, there we go. We did it, everybody. We got Mike to say yes to Remington. All right, we'll do Remington Park on Sunday. I, I don't want to do parks. And honestly, we probably should do parks. More people would care if we did parks. But you know what? We're here for the people. And I would much rather parks. support Remington than I would Parks. So let's do it. People over Parks. People over Parks. There we go. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, for Oklahoma Derby, I know that Davey Cleveland, if you, uh, there he is right on the chat, um, 
You can see him at, uh, at the Oklahoma Derby. I I'm pretty positive Aaron Halterman will be there as well. So try and get down to Remington Park for the Oklahoma Derby night because it is night racing on Sunday. We'll see you here on Thursday at 5 Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific to cover the late pick five at Remington Park on Oklahoma Derby Day. Are you excited, Mike? Actually, yes. I, I like I've been to Remington Park on opening night before. Absolutely loved the racetrack. Thought it was phenomenal. Actually, huge Oklahoma City fan. If you ever get the chance to go to Oklahoma City, I know there's not all these attractions and reasons to go. They're really cool city. So check out Oklahoma City if you get a chance. Um, and I got to I just I got to ask the question. What's your go to? Oh, sorry. Karaoke? What's your go to karaoke song? Ooh, that is a good question. I have to think I, I've to karaoke a few times. What do you have one? I'll think about it. I've got two. Okay. Uh, and they're very different. Either Lose Yourself by Eminem, depending on how drunk I am. Ooh, yep. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I have to be pretty drunk for that one. Or Turn Around, which is also just a phenomenal karaoke song. It is. You've got to be able to... You've got to have some range for that that I don't possess. No, no. You if anybody saw my angel of the... Character for that. You don't have to actually hit any of the that's notes. That's true. You just have to make it fun. And that's a fun song if you get everybody into it. And most of the bar usually knows turn around as well. So it can be a fun one to do for karaoke. La Bamba. Ooh, that's an interesting one. La Bamba. One. I've never heard that, but that is tequila. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was, was David talking about what he's drinking at Remington Park or what his favorite karaoke song it's is? It's got to be karaoke song, although it could be the Remington Park drink as well. Uh oh, he just answered it too. <laughs> um, Car Ramrod, we're we're asking you what karaoke song you would sing, not what you're doing right now. He says, "I touched myself." Keep it, keep it, in, keep it to yourself here. I would love to see uh, Doc singing Bohemian oh, Rhapsody. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we should try and recreate that. Uh, the, the you know the 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 silhouette or the lip from the bottom like foreshadowed or the four heads that they do from the music video mm -hmm. the diamond shape we should do that with uh you myself doc yeah and shoddy we'll, we'll, we, we'll draft shoddy into this at breeders cup if we did album covers for the uh the guides that would we could <laughs> that would be a fun one. <laughs> oh, coming next week at racingdudes.com check it out <laughs> I, I can just um, see shoddy I, currently working on the drawing of that right now <laughs> yeah well, she would be if she wasn't managing a sports bar during two Monday night football games that are apparently an hour apart. So that's fair. Sports bar. I guess that's better way to watch those two games. That's that's better than sitting yeah. in your house and having like the split screens on YouTube TV. Uh, Mr. Brightside, that's a good one. I would say I, I've definitely karaoke lose it before. Um, you ought to know. That's by a good Alanis Morissette. Yeah. I of, like that one because you can really get into that one too. One of the most like spiteful songs that is out there like and you can hear it when she sings it how much vitriol she has for it's it's the it's the cut it's it out dave right? coulier from yeah, full dave, house yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like first off good on dave coulier because i did not know that he like that's the good job buddy you really pissed her off and secondly man she was into singing that song but i love that i, I like when you can hear the passion coming through from a singer and that's got to be like top five like, I'm really pissed off when I'm singing this, and you can tell when you hear it songs. Uh, yeah, Uncle Joey. Uh, uh, Uncle Joey, that's his name on, on Full House. Um... <laughs> who, who, knew, who knew that Uncle Joey was the heartbreaker, not uh, not Uncle Jesse? Yeah, not John Stamos, no. So he did lose his... He wasn't good enough to keep his uh, Rebecca Romaine happy either, so... Listen, well, you can be like, a great god like John Stamos, but it still isn't good enough to keep Rebecca Romaine happy. One, one was a heartbreaker. One was heartbroken. 
There you go. I like that. Well, this was a fun show. I'm glad that we got into the karaoke talk. Um, yeah, I also, uh, what is it? Uh, Freaks and Geeks by Childish Gambino. If I'm the right kind of drunk, but I also need to, I say the right kind of drunk because I need to remember um, that I'm white and the singer is not. And there are certain things that I can't say that he does. So I have to be the right kind of drunk to make sure that I filter. That's why Lose Yourself (laughs) is a good one. Yes, it is. That's a great one. And you are a great one for watching us. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for the Magic Mike Show 498. And yes, I saw somebody ask it. Episode 500 is next Monday. So what better way to celebrate than talking about the Oklahoma Derby and the Pennsylvania Derby next month? (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, this would be what makes Mike quit. (laughs) We've got to figure out what we're going to do for 500. I mean, that's that's a lot of episodes. It is a lot of episodes. I'm not ready for it. No. It's, it's like I've been waiting for it and all of a sudden it's here and I'm like, I don't know what to do to celebrate 500. If you have ideas, let us know in the comment section or in the chat or on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellerward. He is at some bomb 18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Make sure you visit racingdudes.com for free picks for every race, every track across the country. You can also get the Samo bombs. I know you said Del Mar is closed, but what tracks are you tackling now that Del Mar is officially over? Uh, we'll be back with Duck. We, we uh, hit, I think it was late pick five on Friday. Back with Duck, maybe it was the early pick five, one of the two. Uh, so it was, it was an okay weekend. Didn't have any big scores like the last two weekends. It's still been a pretty good month for the Samo Bombs here at a little over fifteen thousand in cashes now for the month. So we'll take that every uh, every month of the year if we could. Um, we're, I mean, I guess I have to do parks. So parks will probably be on there for Saturday, um, and then back with Duck most likely. And then I'm I'm looking forward to getting. Santa Anita open because when I can do an East Coast West Coast track, that's when I like it the most. I love the California circuit, and we had a ton of success at Del Mar. So hopefully, we can keep that rolling. These are some good ideas for episode 500. Get Coach Prime. I don't, he's yeah. not doing anything right now. Well, he, he uh, is basically saying yes to every media request possible. So I'd say there's a 50 50 chance it happened. <laughs> uh, or a karaoke show. The problem with the karaoke or the, the trouble with a karaoke show is that even Mike and I have a very slight delay because of the internet feeds. So trying to sync it all up properly is just going to make everybody's ears bleed. I, I have also never karaoke'd and this is, I don't know, I guess it makes me old. I've never karaoke'd in the cell phone, social media days where you could ever be recorded karaoke. Mm. And I do think like one of the things that allows me to karaoke is alcohol and knowing no one else will ever see it again. And the combination of those two things will not be happening on the 500th show. And so unlikely that the karaoke thing will happen. I like if we did karaoke somewhere, I would make everyone put their cell phones in a bag before anyone started singing so that no one could put that shit up because I have no interest in everybody seeing that. It should be like what uh, at Breeders' Cup last year on uh, Saturday night, we went to that country bar. That's how it should be. We had a lot of fun. Nothing bad happened. Nope. But there was just no record of it ever happening. We just, it, right. it happened. Uh, I was deaf for two days because of the music, and that was that. <laughs> I threw a football. And Jared disappeared for an hour, but that was. Well, you disappeared for like an hour during dinner. During dinner, yeah. Yes, and we had to like figure out where you were. I was throwing, I was throwing a <laughs> football. Kidding. Yeah, that was not true. I was throwing a football from car to car at stoplights on the way home. Like it was, that was a mess of a night. Wait, What? <laughs> Yeah, with like at stoplights, I was rolling down the windows on Jared's truck and throwing the football to other cars who were stopped, and they would throw it back. You don't remember this? Aaron was trying to keep my head from hitting the ground in the back of the truck, so no, no I don't remember it. I mean, that's also the night I threw your pillows down in the basement, and you didn't realize it. And you covered me in ramen. Yes, that's it. Dried ramen. 
<laughs> Mike Samich is a wonderful human being. Never stay the night in the same place as him when he's been drinking because he is. You're I, a mean some bitch. <laughs> I'm not mean. I like to have fun. You had fun. No, it, none of it was mean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this uh, Jared. Yeah, Jared was finding his lost keys for an hour and a half, yeah. and he was looking in some very interesting places. We hope you are an interesting place on Thursday at 5 p.m. to Pacific, right here for the Magic Mike Show. Can't join us? Catch it on the podcast, and of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I've already said that part. Uh, we'll be back Thursday covering <laughs> Remington Park. I almost said San Diego. I knew that was wrong. Remington Park uh, here for episode 499. Please join us on Thursday. Until then. I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, especially with the two Monday Night Football games playing on top of each other. How the hell are you going to do it? Good luck. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb. Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.